Welcome to the Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. Let me run through some phrases here that will sound familiar to anyone in the travel industry. The United States of no vacation, no vacation nation, vacation deprivation, overwhelmed Americans, work martyrs. Headlines and surveys tell us that Americans are facing a leisure crisis by leaving millions of vacation days on the table. MasterCard built an entire campaign around the issue, urging Americans to take one more day of vacation. In this week's episode of the Skift Podcast, we're asking why America is not a vacation nation and why it matters. We're joined remotely by Gary Oster, Managing Director of Project Time Off, The coalition started as an initiative by the U.S. Travel Association to promote the benefits of taking vacation. And with us at this gift office is Dr. Ken Matos, Senior Director of Research at Families and Work Institute here in New York City. They join me, Associate Editor Hannah Sampson, and Skift CEO and founder Rafat Ali. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Thank you. Great to be here. I'm going to open this question up to either of you. Why do you think that Americans don't take more of their vacation time and how much time is enough time? Gary, why don't you start? Well, I think that um, over the last few years, there's been, uh, there's been quite a push by uh, business to be more productive uh, as, a, as an organization. And obviously that drives back down to the lowest common denominator being the actual employee. And so the employee feels a lot of the motivation as well from from senior management, and so there's there's probably this inclination in a lot of organizations to to work harder, to stay focused, and to be very very dedicated. And I also believe that with um, the recent memory, not as actually as recent as just six years ago, of a pretty uh, significant uh, economic decline uh, through the Great Recession, that folks are are still somewhat uh, uh, fearful that. Uh, they are not seen or portrayed as a, not a team player or not dedicated uh, to their organization if they if they take time off. And so that that probably plays a lot into the attitude of many workers around the country. Going back even more, um, historical reasons, was there any time where Americans used to take a lot of vacations and, you know, compared to the rest of the world or or? Do you think since industrialization came up in America, which was supposed to be the place where, you know, every innovation happens and um, it was a, a, a historical fact of how America grew? That's a great question. We we actually did quite a bit of research on that, actually uh, going back to 1976 using Bureau of Labor Statistics data. And the data was really pretty interesting because it, it showed that the average American worker used 20.3 days on average from 1976 to about the year 2000. And then starting in the year 2000, which is roughly coincides with when the internet became more integrated into the workplace, we started to see this decline of uh, days used. And from 2000 to 2013, that number of days used dropped from 20.3 to 16 days uh, a year. So it's really, quite honestly, it's a more recent phenomenon. What's really most concerning is more recently, there's been an acceleration uh, in the number of unused days to the point now it's nearly a half a day a year less 
that the American worker is taking time off. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to do a projection to see that within 20 years, we're going to be down to nearly zero time, actually just one week left of time in the next 20 years. So it's it's a pretty disturbing uh, uh, phenomenon that's taking place now in real time. And we see this as very uh, troubling and very problematic, not only for for individuals from a health and wellness point of view, but obviously families and relationships and with significant others and kids. And also, you know, when, you, when you're an individual that doesn't take your time off to, to rest and rejuvenate and basically recharge your batteries, your productivity is gonna suffer as well. And that's gonna have great economic impact. Yeah, I was gonna say one of the things that's also changed is the nature of what it means to be on vacation. So. We're kind of talking about two things, both the time off and the actual ability to go somewhere. And those aren't uh, exactly the same thing. A lot of people are using what vacation time they have to do errands like doctor's appointments. And so by the end of the year, they only have this little chunk left that they can't turn into a big vacation. So what are they going to do with it? Also, a lot of people are finding that their vacations aren't really vacations. They're just opportunities to work in an exotic hotel room because their office still calls them and they still have to deal with issues. So spending the money to go someplace else only to be called by the office to have to deal with their emergencies because they didn't plan for you not being available just makes it really not worth it. So I think a lot of people are rethinking how to use their vacation time when they actually have the choice to use their vacation time as leisure. So, so rethinking the way that you use your vacation time and maybe not going to a beach destination or an exotic location um, seems like it would be really bad news for the travel industry. Um, Gary, what are your thoughts on on the economic hit that the industry takes because people are leaving vacation time on the table? Well, our, our research has shown that um, Americans leave 429 million days unused on an annual basis. And that that translates into a $160 billion economic impact, lost opportunity, so to speak. And, you know, if, if in fact Americans took that time off, that would generate enough business for America that as a country, we'd have to hire another 1.2 million workers to actually serve and support those, uh, those jobs. Um, as it relates to travel specifically, it would generate $67 billion in new travel spend if Americans used all 429 million of those uh, days that they had earned. Wow. In terms of the f habits of um, families in the U.S., do you think it's a purely economic issue? Uh, what do you tackle at, at your institute? Is it, is it primarily an economic issue or there's other you know, deep-seated reasons you think? I think it's a multi-layered process. Um, some of it is economic, but I also think that some of it is the nature of family and family engagements and the way we use time. So previously children came and went when their parents did. Now children have their own schedules. So being able to find the moment when everyone is free to go and travel becomes more difficult. Uh, there's also the reality that the jobs are 
more complicated in the way they play with time. So maybe you can get a little time to go somewhere, but not necessarily a big batch of time. Um, we found looking at things like workplace flexibility that organizations are, have become more comfortable with the idea of you doing little readjustments to time. But big breaks away from work is something that they're still very uncomfortable with. Uh, I think one of the things that's occurred with the advancement of communications technology is people don't really think in terms of being out of touch for any extended period of time, they find that very threatening. And so that makes the vacation model that we had back in the 50s, where people got in a car and went on a big road trip, not really viable. Oh. Uh, do you think that the recent awareness about um, taking time off vacation in general, com tech companies leading in some ways, Netflix announced uh, unlimited vacation policy or, or, or has had for a while. Um, there's now movement, the larger movement of maternity and paternity leave that sort of adds is a parallel to this, that's running parallel to this, uh, that's finally coming into U.S. at least in terms of consciousness. Do you think there's finally a time where, yes, we've reached a peak of peak no vacation time and that the tide is turning to some extent? Uh, on Sally, no. I actually ran some numbers this morning and we looked at the usage of vacation days from our 2008 National Study of the Changing Workforce and our 2016 version. And it was pretty much identical. People were using the exact same amount, um, only about 80% of their total time um, in both of those scenarios. So we had some data from before the recession to after the recession. It still pretty much looked the same. Um, I think that... When people are thinking about their vacations the, and employer policies, the parental leave scenarios are really defined periods of time and nobody's actually going on vacation. They're kind of doing another responsible thing. So there's a little more acceptance of that, um, but there's still struggle to get parental leave out there. Um, and in terms of other time off options, you know, we don't see organizations really jumping at the option to have you not be available. Gary, what do you think is the best way to frame this issue? Because when I, when I look at a lot of the headlines, um, it seems like there, there, there's kind of a lot of blame on the worker, him or herself, um, you know, work martyrs, that kind of terminology. What are you finding is is the way to best um, broach the topic and and maybe push for change without blaming the person who's not getting to take the vacation after all? So I guess it's it's kind of a multiple level of uh, responsibility. First, let's talk about uh, the individual. The individual needs to take responsibility to plan on behalf of themselves individually and their family to take their time off. Uh, I'm one of those guys who looks at his calendar in the, on the 2nd or 3rd of January, figures out where all the big holidays are, and for me, I like to go and extend my holiday time off with a vacation day, two, or week. I just finished one over President's uh, Week, for example. I made President's Weekend a President's Week and spent it down in Florida where the sunshine was a lot warmer than here in D.C. And by plotting out my entire year, 
I know that I won't be sitting at September or October realizing I haven't taken two or three weeks vacation and uh-oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that in the next few months. So planning is absolutely critical. And it doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It just takes some foresight and thought to literally block out your time and, and make that commitment with your family. The, the second part of the responsibility uh, element here is the organization. The organization needs to support their folks and the communications needs to come from the, from the top down as well as from the HR through really uh, positive uh, communications to, to the workforce saying, we, we, uh, we know that uh, you need your time off. We respect your time off. Part of your compensation package is a certain number of vacation days. We expect you to use them. I mean, because quite honestly, if you don't use your vacation time and you lose them, you forfeit them, you basically are working for free for your employer. It's amazing how many people fight really hard for certain elements of their compensation package, whether it be their annual salary or health benefits or, or the amount of time off, and then they never actually use it. So again, it's a, it's a relationship between employer and employee, employer to the employee and the employee back to the employer. So if the employer E is actually planning their time out and letting their boss know this is when they would like to take off early in the year, the employer can then plan at the middle manager level that that employee is going to be off that time. And again, if the if the senior level of the organization is really encouraging its workforce to take their time off because they know a, a well-rested um, a recharged employee is going to be more innovative, more creative, and more productive, then that's where the win-win comes. So planning, communication, and support, those are the elements for success. I, I would actually like to add a couple of other things. I think one of the reasons why it becomes so pernicious is a lot of the traps are subtle. So people don't necessarily believe they have that kind of power to take that responsibility all the time. And so if they are thinking, well, there's going to be a pileup of work either before or after, that's really discouraging and I can't work with anybody to solve that, that can really turn them off to the idea of taking uh, a meaningful vacation time. Uh, also, I like to really emphasize that this is also a management measurement. Um, one thing that people think is that you know, a good manager can use all of his resources 24-7. Actually, a better manager can deal with resource shortages. And so having somebody be on vacation is a little bit of a test of your managerial skill. If you can't um, function without someone there, then that means either you're way understaffed or you really don't have a good setup for how you manage the workflow in your organization. So I think there's a way to sort of flip it to employers to say, if your people can't take vacation, you're really setting yourself up for some uh, calamities later when something goes wrong. Yeah, it's the perfect avenue for cross-training um, and, and really keeps your organization deeper without adding more headcount by having folks that can do each other's jobs in a, in a way that, that you have teammates supporting each other when they're off. And people are a lot more willing to engage in that kind of cross-training when they see mutual benefit. So I'm not just taking care of you. I'm taking care of you because tomorrow you're going to take care of me so I can go on my vacation. Mm. In terms of government policy, and um, Gary, you guys do um, a bunch of work on the policy side. What can the government do and not do? 
So, Rafael, that's that's a that's a great question. We we've really uh, taken a, a stand that this is first and foremost an individual responsibility matched with an organizational responsibility, even before government gets involved. For it, it doesn't make sense to us to try to have government mandate people take their time off uh, as a as a as a policy, if you will, for the. Uh, for the government from a standpoint of view. If people just use what's given to them, that's it's kind of their worker's right. They just, they just need to, to feel like they have the ability to use the time off and that they're motivated and encouraged to do it. Uh, we're, of, we're, of the, we're of the point of view that it's not something that a government is going to be able to intervene in a workplace on in any way it's going to be successful. But if government is trying to define minimum wage, $15, and that's what the political campaign right now all across has been run against, and it turn, and it looks like after after years of um, uh, fight against raising minimum wage, it may finally at least be somewhere near that. Um, do you think that at minimum those kind of campaigns need to be run so that we at least if not reach exactly there somewhere well i think part of the problem with government mandates around something like this is that what we're really talking about is a cultural issue and you it's very difficult for government to enforce a mandate around a dialogue between employer and employee the employees are not going to go to the government and say you didn't give me my vacation or you didn't approve my vacation because you didn't you understaffed um I, we see laws like the family and medical leave act and we do measurements on that and we see a lot of non-compliance about 20 percent of employers not following that law so just because there's a law doesn't mean people are going to behave what is differently that law again quickly the family and medical leave act it's about parental leave yeah fmla yeah fmla and so and, and so we see a lot of non-compliance there. Um, it's been going down over the years, but enforcement, if you're not going to have a really strong enforcement option, uh, government mandates not very effective. Also in the countries where we've seen government mandates, the laws really are more of a reflection of a deeper cultural belief that those things are good as opposed to a thing that's forcing them to do it in the first place. So I think uh, the better option is to really reinforce the expectations and the social norms um, as opposed to trying to Im imply a law, because I just don't see employees risking their jobs over their vacation time. So let's look at this year, um, which SCIFT has declared the year of the American traveler. Uh, we've got a strong dollar, cheap gas, airfares ticking down a little bit. Will more people take time off and travel? Are those factors enough um, to move the vacation rate more uh, in the favor of workers? Um, so we're seeing in our own uh, US travel uh, research um, that this, this year of the American travelers is probably really coming of age. You know, the folks, folks are, I believe there's this a bit of pent up demand uh, based on, again, we're six years coming out of uh, the Great Recession. We're actually seeing in our own uh, US travel trends index um, that you know, we're we're seeing now a, a six consecutive uh, year increase in U.S. leisure travel, and and the for, the forward indication looks like it's going to continue at least in, well into the 
the the first quarter and maybe into the early part of the second quarter of 2016. That's about all the the visibility we have at this point. But uh, we we believe that that the travel intentions and aspirations are going to continue, and that that'll be followed up by actual um, uh, bookings, so to speak. So yeah, we 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 believe that. A little bit of the dialogue that's uh, that's out there based on Project Time Off and others such as uh, Skift and Expedia on the importance of uh, taking your time off is really starting to maybe get a little bit into the mind of the American uh, employee. Uh, but our opinion is we need a lot more of that, uh, that mindfulness to activate into more travel. Yeah, I would agree. Moving away from that guilt perspective of you're a bad person if you don't take your vacation and more towards a practical perspective of you want to take your vacation. Here's how you can make that happen is really where the industry needs to go. The conversation, uh, the commercial with the little children saying take one more day is super cute, but it really goes down a guilt line. Um, and if you feel like you don't have the option, that's not going to move your behavior. But if you can talk more about like, here's how you can make sure you have the time to do what you need to do and the structure of your work to be able to take the time off, we may find more people are able to actually turn their vacation days into travel. What responsibility does the travel industry have, Gary? And we have talked about it a little bit on Skift as well. The only two brands that come to mind are Expedia, as you mentioned, and MasterCard, as we mentioned before, that have actually put dollars behind at least uh, creating some storytelling around um, wh uh, around taking more vacations. W what do you think the travel industry's responsibility is from like a corporate campaigns and marketing level? That's a great question. So we we would love to see the travel industry, and we're working with a lot of partners within travel. Uh, we would like the travel industry to walk the talk. Um, that walk the talk means basically three things within an organization. One, it's it's to be able to uh, look inside your organization and really understand what's happening as it relates to uh, the use of um, time off within the organization, and then to really take take that uh, the, the existing data or understanding that you have and how your people are, 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 if you will, performing, those that are using a lot of their time off or that is those departments or those individuals performing at a higher level than those that aren't. So do some analysis within the organization to see if you're seeing trends. And then with that, communicate to your people the importance. This is from the top down. How important it is to you as a senior executive for you to take your time off and that you really are encouraging and motivating your people to do the same thing and that, that as a senior leader that that uh, you you expect it. The, the, the second part of that is having a consistent communications program within, this is what MasterCard has done so brilliantly, within their 6,000 person workforce, they they saw they had an issue where they weren't consuming enough of their uh, earned days off, and they built a, a communications campaign internally to make sure that folks knew how to take advantage of the of the the benefit and that they were being supported by not only the, the c-suite but also within the human resources mechanisms uh, to, to help them be better able to take that time off and the third thing 
is from uh, you uh, alluded to it is the is the marketing. We've seen some fantastic uh, advertising campaigns. Uh, Idaho, the state of Idaho, through their tourism state tourism organization, created a campaign called "18 Summers," which really hit the heartstrings of uh, of families because you only get 18 summers with your with your uh, with your kids. Visit Florida also has a very powerful uh, campaign around uh, taking your time off. Uh, we've seen some really great advertising from uh, from uh, Princess uh, Cruise Lines, who's who did a really superb job with their out of office uh, messages that uh, that really uh, that really hit home. And Ocean City, Maryland, down here uh, close to uh, to Washington D.C., they had a whole uh, uh, vacation day campaign with with showing workers using their their time off to do mundane things like oil change or going to the Motor Vehicle Administration and why not take your time off and, and really take a vacation. So we're seeing activation internally from the C-suite to the employee, internally communicated by HR and externally communicated to uh, the consumers that are their customers or prospective customers. We believe that three-step scenario by dozens or hundreds of uh, organizations within travel will really help be a leadership model for other organizations, not only within travel, but outside of travel as well. Oh, fascinating. Um, there's a little bit of movement on some of the tech companies starting unlimited vacations. Have you seen any data on your side that is actually, is there any meaningful usage of it or like has anybody done benchmarks on it so we have an unlimited vacation policy at skift we're still too new and we're very small to have any benchmarks on it my anecdotal sense is that people don't take enough yeah that's pretty much the consensus around unlimited vacation uh, the real reasons why employers love unlimited vacation is one it removes the sense of lost time that can make motivate you to go and take the time. It also removes some liabilities in terms of having to pay people for accrued vacation days because you don't actually accrue any vacation days. So if you leave, you just leave and they don't owe you any money. So they are they engaged in that idea, not because uh, it's gonna get people out into the world more, it's because it actually gets them out into the world less and it costs the company less. So um, unlimited vacation time matched to a really positive culture that stops and says, why haven't you taken this time? Or has a minimum expectation. Uh, I was just talking to one employer who has an unlimited vacation time policy and says, I expect you to take at least this many days off over the course of the year. And if you don't, then I know something is wrong. Um, I think that transforms uh, unlimited vacation time into something more positive. Um, otherwise, it falls into a lot of psychological traps that result in less time off. Yeah, that's that that's that's absolutely I, I absolutely agree there. Our sir, our research has shown that uh, about two percent of companies have unlimited, but the successful companies put a fence around that. And what I mean is they actually establish a minimum. We you you can take as much time off as you need, but we expect you to take three, or we expect you to take four weeks off. By the way, unlimited unlimited uh, vacation really shows you trust your employees to make the right decision. It's a very empowering type of uh, mechanism to uh, to really light up your your staff. 
That said, you really just need to make sure they understand what the parameters are. And so again, communications is paramount here. Communicating what your expectation is of Unlimited really goes a long way for a successful program. Yeah, we need to do more work at Skift. We're still too early in it, but I think the setting the minimum benchmarks and stuff is definitely the the right way to go. Yeah, I, one of the things that's actually been successful in transforming some organizational cultures is setting time loss. There's one consulting company that, and consulting companies are famous for not giving any time off, um, ended up giving people one night a week off. Insane. That all they were getting was one night a week off. Um, but they declared that day to be sacred. And everybody's responsibility was to make sure that that night did get to get be taken off. And that transformed how well they worked because suddenly they were planning rather than scrambling at the last minute to deal with things. And people were supporting one another in a new way that wasn't just for the good of the company, but it was for their good as well. And so I think the more you can sort of tie in the idea of, we know we're, we have this resource lapse as a result of good employee sustainability programs. And it is managers and teams, a measure of managers and teams quality that they can make that work, the more people will embrace the idea. If it's just, you know, they're, they've left us in a lurch, then you're not going to get that kind of support. Uh, this leads me to a question that I like to ask people, which is what is, um, Gary, what is the vacation policy at project time off? And, how do you get people to take it? Yeah, so uh, we, actually, we have uh, we have a really awesome culture here at uh, at US Travel, and you know it's it's one of these things. It's all about leadership. We have a, an incredibly supportive uh, president and CEO who totally believes in the importance of of uh, employees uh, taking the time to uh, recharge their batteries. Um, from a from a policy point of view, we have a generous policy. We start every new employee starts immediately with 12 days, and we also do uh, we follow federal uh, 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 holidays as well, and then we do some other things within the year that uh, give folks a lot more time off than just what's uh, in writing. Um, but then as people mature in their career here at U.S. Travel for each successive years, they, they add to their, their numbers of days off. For example, I've been at U.S. Travel going on 11 years, and so I have quite a, quite a bit of time off that, uh, that I'm, uh, I'm allowed to take. In fact, that I, I take all of it. Um, so one of the things that I, I should probably tell you this little story, in 2013, we, we did a, a bit of an analysis to see how good are we at U.S. travel at using our time off. And guess what? We were just as bad as the rest of the American workforce. We found that only 19% of our employees used all of their time off. So uh, Roger Dower, CEO, says, you know, we're going to change that. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give everybody $500 who uses all of their earned time off. And um, the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure everybody knows how much time they have to use between that moment in time of the year, in the year, and till the end of the year. So we were informed at Memorial Day, at Labor Day, and midway through October, how much time we had that we were we had on the books and how much we were going to accrue by the end of the year. So we constantly were seeing uh, milestones, if you will, in the amount of time that we had earned and what we had to burn. 
And then the, the third thing is that there was this level of encouragement that, that was transmitted not only from Roger's office. He was telling people, hey, here's where I, what, how I'm using my time off. We actually created a little um, internal campaigns. People were, were uh, encouraged to uh, compete in a, in a very informal way with their out-of-office messages. And they were, and it's, this still is going is an ongoing process within U.S. travel, where people are then saying, yeah, if you're trying to get me, I'm not here because I'm here, and they're pointing to a place on the map. So if you have something that's urgent, call my, uh, my coworker, Sally, she'll handle everything for you. So it, it was that kind of work atmosphere that was created that was producing this, it's not only is it okay to take your time off, but you're expected to take your time off. So I told you, we, we did that and we made that announcement. Uh, we found did the research at the end of 2013. We made the announcement in early 2014. Fast forward to through the year, in one year we turned that number from 19% to 91%. We also had one of our most productive uh, and effective public policy years within uh, within the, the workforce here at, at U.S. Travel. We had some of the most successful, actually the most successful events that uh, that we, we run at the organization. And, and almost every single key metric that uh, the organization is measured against, we not only exceeded the goal, but we far leapt past any previous performance. So it just pointed out that if people take their time out, they're going to be more productive. They're going to be happier. Our retention rates of employees have uh, have gone, uh, I mean, they're just absolutely not to be believed. And as recently as uh, this past year, U.S. Travel was recognized in 2015 as one of the top employers by not only the Washington Post, but also the Washingtonian Magazine. So we know this stuff works. We just need uh, 5.7 million organizations. That's how many businesses there are in the private sector. We need the private sector to say, you know, this is really, this is good business. It's not expensive. We already give it as a benefit. Let's go and promote it so we have really productive people who are happy at their jobs. There's another w way of approaching the question. Um, so, for example, uh, workplace flexibility and telework can also increase travel. As a personal anecdote, I just got back from a trip to New Orleans. My husband was at a conference. I worked from the hotel room during the day, and we got to enjoy the city at night and over the weekend. I didn't have to take any vacation days, but I got to travel nonetheless. So I think there's another tack from the travel perspective of how people can get out into the world and still... Um, be able to get their work done without necessarily having to call down a vacation day. I think vacation days are valuable and we should take them, but there's other ways to achieve some of the same goals. Yeah, actually, that, that's, a, that's a great point. I actually have another spin on that. I try to add a day to a business trip. So I, like you, I was recently in New Orleans for a meeting that we were running, added a day onto it and uh, chartered a fishing guide down in the bayou and went fishing for the day. I uh, used just one day, but I was already there on business, and it, 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 it cost me personally relatively few dollars. Guys, thank you for those examples. Now we all want to go on vacation. <laughs> um, thank you both, Ken and Gary, so much for joining us today, and Rafat. Um, we have so work to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking forward to my next vacation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you all. Ken, Rafat, all right, thank Anna, you. good Bye, to meet everyone. you.